Yes, yes, yes. Welcome everybody to episode nine of Hosts at Home. Uh, we've had a little break over Christmas, probably extended a little further than we sh- what we wanted to originally, but we've been extremely busy. But we are back. We are back, and we're both really excited. To be fair, we've missed this little bit of a little bit of a therapy session, haven't we? Of venting everything we feel needs to come out about our service accommodation business. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about. Uh, touching on how we ended 2023 and what's in store for us in 2024. Uh, really exciting stuff, like we're just growing and booming at the moment. We are going to be talking about our Rodney Street apartments and their glow up. Nice. We'll be talking and touching on the HMO development update, of course. We've got some new keys, so we can tell you about some new properties and new management properties we're taking on. Yeah, fantastic. And then always we have our best of the week, pest of the week, and the topic of the week, which is listing your property. Hey, I'm Laura. And this is Ed. Give us a ring if you're looking for a bed. I started putting properties on Airbnb, and now I've left my job because I'm earning bare pee. Location, location, I see E and C. Started with none, now we got 50. Pick up the keys, and off we go. After we set up, looks like a grand design show. If you're looking to become a property master, then give us a like and download the podcaster. Let's look at this four bed. Can we make it a six? Call up the broker, get our DIP fixed. We're scaling up quick, our portfolio. SA units and now HMOs. You won't get planted. Yeah, that's what they said. We are your hosts, Laurie Dad. Yeah, nice. Hey, welcome back. So we, um, in our intro, we want to start with how we ended 2023 and how we're starting 2024. So me and Ed have had um, a couple of weeks off to kind of reflect over what we've been doing last year and how we're like absolutely smashing 2024 already. Um, so we wanted to just give you guys a bit of an update really as well. Yeah, so um, it's it's incredible really, I think. I don't really have time to reflect on where we're at and how well we've done throughout yeah. the year, but for some reason around Christmas and the end of the year, you always do. And year on year, I do feel like the growth is just staggering and incredible. And if I knew where we're at already in, in three years, three years ago, uh, I wouldn't believe it at all. And I've said that year on year. And for the year ahead, where we are right now, heading into 2024, um, I mean, we were flipping, what, two weeks in? Mm. And the journey looks like it's set to be incredible. Like ins- <laughs> We've got enough work already in- for the year, haven't we? <laughs> insane growth, insane growth, you know, within multiple businesses as well. Um, so it's really exciting stuff, guys, and um, almost unfathomable, to be fair. But we will focus and keep going and keep booming and see where we are this See where we're at this time next year. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be saying the same thing. Right. Um, I want some hard 2023 facts. Eh? Boom. Some numbers. All right. We spitballed some numbers. Um, so uh, in 2023, we pulled in over £1 million in revenue across the serviced accommodation units, which is staggering. Um, it was like £1,050,000. Um, so what's that? 50k, I suppose, is quite a lot. It feels like we only just got there, but we did. Um, so seven figures is insane, if I'm honest. Um, seven figures. For but that's two years in a row now, isn't it? We did no, it in no, no. Two, didn't we? No, 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 no. Oh, I thought we had. No. I remember looking mid-year, didn't we, to see if we'd hit it, and we were like, yeah, we're definitely on track. That's 12 months rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. After summer, we kind of knew we were going to get it. Um, right. So uh, in 2023, we had over 
Uh, no, sorry, nearly 10,000 nights hosted. So nearly across the portfolio, 10,000 nights um, of hospitality where people have stayed with us cool. is, is pretty insane. So 2024, we've got to go over 10,000 nights oh, yeah, now. Man. That's our target. Yeah, man. Um, so Hinkley Homes, the rent-to-rent business specifically. Um, these are all approximate guys. This is like me and my Excel sheet. So pff, won't be on the books probably what the accountant puts out. Um, but you're looking at about 200k profit, I think, with Hinkley Homes for 2023, which is awesome. And then um, across the management business, because we have really, really, really little overheads and no liability, the 50k that we brought in is essentially 50k that we retain. Um, so 200k across Hinkley Homes, 50k across Hinkley Homes management. Um, we've got our two HMOs that we bought running and operating extremely smooth with recurring income fairly passively coming in well very passively if i'm honest coming in from there um we've recently picked up the keys to another one um we are in legals for another two and we've got offers on another two potentially three so the future and pipeline is looking immense it looks immense and so it's really amazing to see we've got our SA business, which you are now coming into to run, which gives us the cash flow for me to then be able to look ahead at developments, yeah. which we're pouring that cash flow into just to further aggressively increase our, well, this, well, the stuff that we're buying in developments is more about the net wealth, right? It's more about the stuff that we own and we're retaining assets in which we'll grow our net net worth essentially. Whereas the SA cash flow is more about cash flow. We don't really retain or own any assets in that business. Um, so it's really exciting having a, the two really work and complement each other fantastically. We've got an extremely exciting pipeline, so much so that I'm quite proud of the fact that we've got off on our own two feet and we kind of buy a lot of our developments ourselves for yeah, the cash all, that we've generated ourselves. all of them. Yeah, yeah, so we far. have, we have. Um, but now looking ahead, guys, we're looking to become much more seasoned investors and... Um, just like everyone else who treats this game seriously, we need to raise funds. Uh, this is a very big point for us. If anyone is listening and they want to partner with us, um, invest with us, and just be part of this journey with us, um, for staggering returns for themselves as well, we're operating or we're offering um, earn and learn schemes and situations where instead of paying for mentorship, you can get paid for mentorship essentially. Um, and like I said, we've got a huge pipeline, really varying, interesting projects, all with proven track record of just guaranteed to make some serious, serious money, to be fair. And it's it's really fantastic. So if anyone does know anyone or themselves want to get involved, you know, we're looking to raise funds and capital. So please do send us a DM. We can have a friendly chat um, see what that would look like and see where that would go. But yeah, it's a fantastic opportunity for, for, for people, to be honest with you, the fact that we're opening that up. Uh, but also is a requirement for us to to grow and put our skill set to work really for these opportunities that we've 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 seen. And we're also looking for more management opportunities, aren't we? That's another yep. thing where for the service accommodation side, 
Um, so if you've got your own property that you're running at the moment and it's just a bit of stress and a bit of hassle, um, we're looking to take on more units under a management. So we um, do all of the, the footwork behind, don't we? So we will release maybe a little bit more information about that Absolutely, and investment yeah. over the next couple of weeks on our socials. Yeah, so they're, they're the two focus points. 2024 is, is growing the business in terms of the developments and for that we'll need to raise funds and also growing the management side of the business. So if anyone does want to convert their buy to let's maybe into um, an SA, service accommodation, Airbnb, then please get in touch. We can absolutely help with everything from cradle to grave uh, and really take care of it for you. Likewise, if you just want to jump ship in management or if you want to release, maybe you're managing it yourself yeah. or you know people who are looking into SA, you know, hit us up, guys. We, we're willing to pay referral fees. We really want to grow. We've got the infrastructure, the team, more importantly, the experience and definitely expertise. We run our... We run our business so well. We've got everything so on lock, to be honest. Um, so yeah, likewise, if you know any investors or you are an investor or you want to get into a safe space or anyone who might be wanting management, uh, please refer us or get us get in touch with us. We'd really appreciate it. And yeah, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity and service for, for, for them and people as well. Cool. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. And then, uh, so moving on, um, one of our big projects for 2024 um, something I've taken on coming in. Obviously, I started. Boom. 4th of Jan. What was it? 2nd of Jan. Yeah, Laura's um, in. So I'm doing half part-time now at my old job and part-time with Ed now. Um, so one of the things I've kind of taken over is Rodney. We've really been looking at this because it's a bit of a different strategy for us. And we have spoken about this before. A lot of our units, we just target kind of at contractors. Rodney, is, Rodney and our um, St. Ives apartments are the only ones that we kind of target as... Um, more like weekend stays, holiday stays, let's. Rodney is amazing. Like we both, I'm super passionate about that property. I'm it's my baby a little bit. So that was one thing I was really keen to get my head around first, and kind of give myself that little mini project. Um, and looking at it, like there's so much opportunity, isn't there? So one of the first things we've done for 2024 is really look into that, look at the listings, look at the photos, what we're doing, what we can be doing with it, how we can be optimizing it. Um. I went in last week with a cleaner maintenance team and we've given it a really good scrub down, done loads of maintenance, painting, um, just checked through everything to make sure it's spot on to, to roll us through 2024. Um, but along with that, we're really looking at different strategies of managing it, aren't we? So we're, for me, I'm really focusing on customer service um, because we've discussed it and it, it's a bit different to contractors isn't it where maybe they just want an email and a set price and that's all the contact they want they're happy with that Rodney it's it's a big expensive booking someone's taking on for maybe a hen or a, or a stag weekend so we're looking at like giving them a call speaking to them improving our customer service just on that area because we're hoping that's gonna maximize us and make us stand out and I think just from a couple of calls I've been making so many people have been like really overwhelmed haven't they that we've actually reached out on the customer service so that's really good so that's our plans with Rodney so we'll keep you in the loop with how that's going and moving forwards Ed HMO building update how are you getting on yeah the development conversion update so if I'm honest guys you hit a little bit of a stumbling block over um over Christmas and as everyone always says I'm sure people in the game they're well aware that managing people People are the hardest part of any business, really, and we've got it pretty on lock with our SA business. We understand and appreciate that, and we're willing to work with people. We do work really well with people, um, but we're struggling with the current contractors, and it's not something I want to dive and delve into right now because the path in which the outcome in which we're taking to deal with this 
issue or hiccup, I suppose it feels like now, is not quite clear yet. So I don't want to start, I definitely don't want to start bad-mouthing anyone, um, but I also do want to deliver value and the experience that we're going through so other people can learn from it. Um, so it's a little bit of an overview, guys. There's been mistakes all over the park, um, partly from me as well. And but it it just like certain issues come to a head. We're really nowhere near where we need to be in terms of progress, I suppose. And um, with regards to having nothing set and where that leads us, and I feel a little bit exposed uh, for for moving lo moving along. And as the project moves to the right, I'm very concerned that obviously the budget is also moving to the right extremely fast, and there are reasons for why in which um, other people have different justifications and answers for. So um, a bit of finger pointing, nothing um, nothing horrible, guys. So, you know, I've still got a really good relationship with them on a personal level. I still go and check up on the site um, and they're still working there for the moment. But for the long term, we're waiting to see what the end price is going to be if I'm honest and timeline and uh, we're having someone do that professionally although we're mid-project which is quite strange to then see if we can um, arrange or settle on a figure because I want the price and the date now locked in I'm sick of it moving to the right and everything moving to the right and you know as an investor with a certain allocated budget for this project I need to know where we're at um, so I wish I'd done that from the start. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of learning. There has been a lot of learning, um, but now it's just how we best resolve the, I say issue, and I feel like it's a big issue because it's very close to home for us, mm. but it's nothing that most people probably haven't gone through before, uh, bearing in mind it's our first development size of the development of this size. So definitely the end of the world, but just feels like a bit of a bummer because of how important this is to us. Um, but we will work it out and I will report back with more specific details it's just right now. Um, yeah, we need to see what what is ahead of us, really, and just best work it out. So um, but it's but the project is still moving along. You know, we've got base coat on for the external render, despite the challenging weather. Um, Ed worries about the weather every single day. He just wakes up and goes, my render. Yeah, I don't think it's the best <laughs> weather to be rendering in. However, we've got. The project needs to go to continue, so it's it's finding a balancing act there, and then um, a lot of boards going up internally. So soon to start plastering, and I think I'll be really excited when the plaster starts going up because we'll see the rooms really start coming to life, and then you basically got fit out second fix, which is all exciting. So um, yeah, man, that's the update. <laughs> <laughs> but in true Ed and Laura style, we're not gonna let that rock us or anything and we're not the kind of people to do one development at a time and watch it and slowly poke um so we actually last week picked up another set of keys to a four bed property that we're converting into a six bed all on suite hmo because that's who we are and that's what we're gonna do this year isn't it we are smashing it we ain't taking no for answers nothing's gonna hold us back like literally watch your space we're so excited just what yeah. we've got coming up yeah. um so this is actually technically our first JV together. Big yeah. week for me. New job, new JV. <laughs> Boom, baby. Um, but I, I'd like to go a little bit more into depth with this um, at a later point. So we might do a social video because property has been new to me. Um, so like all the investment and stuff has been something completely new that I've learned. And this is, I've had a big chunk of money from when I sold a house, which I, I've been so stupid with and I've just left in a bank for probably three or four years now, like doing absolutely nothing. And, suddenly I've like met Ed and started learning all of this and I just can't believe I like haven't deployed that money sooner to like put it to work 
And it's interesting because we're asking for investment now and I'm kind of on the other side of it where I could... I was an investor and I've just sat with money and completely wasted it because I don't think I would have had a clue about what to do, what it means, how that's happening. So we're going to, I'd like to do a little piece on it, on what it's going to now do for me, what it's going to bring in for me, why I bet there's so many people that just sit there with cash in their bank doing nothing. Yeah, I think, you know what, you've hit the nail on the head there. You didn't realise that you could have been a potential investor. I think when most people who are investors, they're ordinary people. They're not some big smart businessman, you know, shifting millions up, you know, allocating funds all the time. They're just ordinary people who've come across a bit of money or have saved up some money. They've got it in the bank. And deep down, you know you need to be putting that to work because, you know, you can read any single book on the planet. You need to be putting your capital to work. You know, they might not see themselves as investors, but if you had that 35 grand that you had sat there for three years... I didn't have, even have interest on my bank. I think I had 0.5%. Yeah, so if you... if For example, what we're offering, 10% fixed, if you yeah. came to me and gave... Four years ago. Th- yeah, well, say it was three... And 35k, that'd be you know 3.5k a year plus your 35k is retained. Um, so you're looking 3.5 times three, you're looking at 10.5 grand. Yeah, so instead of 35, when it came to us actually you, you needing that capital and us buying this house together, instead of 35, you'd have had yeah. over, over 45. Which Don't is a staggering, staggering difference. I had two jobs. I've and been working well, you, two jobs all my life. I could have just quit a job and lived off yeah, my of interest. Well, that's, that's, I wouldn't have even known that was an option for me. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? People aren't really aware, no fault of their own. It's not taught, it's not anything, but, the, you know, working for money sucks, basically, and then yeah. putting your money to work is the only way for, for like, true freedom, I say in, yeah. in quotations. But, yeah, that's the power of of putting your money to work. And like you said, most people don't identify themselves as an investor. Anyone who sat there with 25, 30, 40, 50, 60, we know people who sat there with over 100. Yeah, just just yeah, a safety blanket. As a safety yeah. blanket. It's, it's, it's being eroded. Inflation is eating into that. In, yeah. Eating into that. And yeah, yeah, I mean, you should put and it to work. And I think what I said to you, like, I always had it there just as a safety blanket. But if I'd have invested it, I'd have been getting enough back a month anyway to just rebuild that bank if something did happen with my car or anything. I had... I'd have it, and it's not like I've lost that money or anything. Yeah, it's exactly. just nuts, honestly. Well, I just really want to do like an idiot's guide to, in, to being an investor because I, I honestly I feel so stupid that I've just wasted yeah. that time. Yeah, well, we offer flexible interest payment returns, so you can get yeah. your you can get it paid back monthly, so you feel like you are recouping it straight away. You can get it back annually, or you can roll it all into one. You get a big lump sum at the end of the term. So. Yeah, really interesting, but I do think that's a massive point. No one really identifies themselves as an investor, yeah. and if you're sitting there with a bit of capital, you need to put it to work, man. You need to you need to build up, get out of the rat race. Yeah, I look forward to my... I had 20%, yeah, that's what we said to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can get whatever you want. <laughs> cool, so um, we, we spoke um, earlier as well about picking up some new management properties as well. Um, so we picked up the keys... Was it Christmas week? I'm trying to think now. Uh, it was your birthday. It was your on yeah, your birthday Friday. Yeah, uh, early Jan. Because I had birthday plans for Ed and I had to. I was really stressed that we were going down to set it up, and we had to be back in a certain time, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, it was on my birthday, wasn't it? Sixth Day before, it was on the fifth. Fifth of Jan. So, yeah. um, do you want to describe that one a little bit? Yeah, no, really just nice a really nice property in Liverpool, on the outskirts of the centre. Uh, five bedroom property with eight beds inside it. The uh, current 
people who own the property were running it as SA and they started in July, August time and found themselves doing very well as everyone does and would, especially in Liverpool in peak summer of the large property like that. Um, and then I think from October, it kind of really nosedived and they reached out to me in, in, in the summer actually and then realised they're like, well, we've got those, we've got bookings now. So it tailed off. Then they approached me over Christmas saying, look, we've got no bookings. We've got a mortgage to pay. We're really worried. We're thinking about switching it up back onto a standard AST rental. Um, and I said, right, send me the listing. I was like, well, you've got a beautiful house there, but your listing is not really appropriate. You're not marketed correctly. Um, and then they were like, can you help us? And I said, yeah, we could do quite a bit with that property I'm very confident I don't like promising stuff to people at all in fact I don't I do the opposite I said as far as my opinion goes I think that would do very well but we know because we've got similar properties in that area of that size yeah absolutely but it's still about managing expectations and the last thing you ever want to do is is, you know over hype and and then under deliver in fact you want to do the opposite but I said to them look I do think that property would do exceptionally well so we picked up the keys on the the Friday didn't we we did a quick little glow up we met our photographer there as well on Friday absolutely whipped round the place we got a listing up on the Monday I think by the Tuesday we spoke to our existing client database we got a five month booking at 4.3 grand a month Um, so the client was just like what the hell absolutely overwhelmed and for us that is what we're about Um, speed efficiency but also quality and compassion and care and they were very worried about their payments look we've explained to them they'll get their payment at the end of the month and I think they're really happy because that is a fantastic booking straight away within two days yeah and that's the value and the service that we, we we can deliver and we want to deliver and we will deliver so that's the management side of things yeah. kicking up we'll yeah. have to get them to do us a little testimonial yeah so see what we can do if you've, you've got a property like we said we're looking to pick up more management so that's Absolutely. a great and example of we've onboarded two more as well recently in the past past week I think so we'll be picking up keys to another two in I suspect the next two weeks for a management um one in Liverpool one in Birmingham so yeah a, you know a fantastic start to the year really is <laughs> It what? just is. I didn't have a phone. I didn't know what date it is. It's like... It's like the 7th. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. 21st. Damn it, we're three weeks in. I thought it was like We're 16. three weeks in, though, but we've got one, two, three, four properties, potentially. Yeah. Mad. Anyway, so moving on to our best fest and topic of the week. Um, I've chosen best this week, and I've chosen our Rodney Apartments. Um, told you they're my baby and I'm going to be biased for them now but we've chosen them because this we've had the, the place for a full year now it came up on um, my memories the other day that we literally this time last year we went and set it up but like our bookings for summer are just rolling in mad aren't they like spring summer like every weekend whole block really good prices entry weekend just mad isn't it yeah, I think it's really, really important to understand the target market and who you're aiming at. So for us, obviously, everyone says, stay away from parties. We don't want parties. Well, you know what? We found a nice little corner of the market where we're like, yeah, we're we here for the parties. Money. Obviously, you take deposit. We want to make sure you look after the, the property as well. So you know parties inside, but stag and hens are absolutely welcome because these people are looking for a you know very specific product in which we can we can satisfy the demand. We can supply that. Um, and therefore you think about what they're going through you know they often have one person whether it's it's not the bride is it like the, the stag the the best man or whatever and the yeah, yeah. bridesmaid, bridesmaid or 
they often they're often uh, booking the stag and hen parties. That's quite stressful if they're looking for 20, 30, 40 people. And we've really, really made sure that you are able to call them, which is what you're fantastic at. Just settle them over the phone, say we're here to help with any questions. You're doing a floor plan so they can see the yeah. internal Beds, layout of the property. Rooms. We're shooting a video on Friday so they can see a whole video throughout. And we're really, really venturing into, instead of just hosting hospitality, you know, we're offering a service and an experience um, because that's what set you apart from just a host hosting a property, yeah. which is what these people really appreciate. You've been on the phone to them. I've heard people when we sat together say to you, I can't believe you've called me after making a booking. I really appreciate that. That's fantastic service. I've heard that twice and we're two weeks in. Um, but also because there's so much pressure on these bookings, I feel like the conversion rate is often... Um, yeah. we, I noticed last year it was slacking so you get these big bookings come in that are like five grand for a weekend and then maybe three or four weeks later because they've not had the call out and they're not too sure of what they're booked prize, maybe they found sure, somewhere else bedrooms, beds they cancel so Laura is really really instrumental in improving that I guess not conversion but retention rate and the service as a whole um, which is yeah, mint because they're booking months and months and months in, in advance, advance, these stag dudes, you know, and hen dudes. Um, you know, you're talking six, nine, sometimes a year yeah. in advance. So it's important we nurture them, look after them and retain them. And because, like we said, they're paying they're paying exceptional money sometimes, over five grand, five grand a weekend. Yeah. And we just want it to be... And I think there's loads of good selling points. It's hard to get over in, like, your listing sometimes, isn't it? Exactly. So it's nice when I can ring them up and go, look, you've got one one door code for the front, you've got six individual rooms and like I'm just chatting to them going like, oh, you got any parents, mums, put them on the ground floor, there are flights of stairs and it's just, it's what you said, managing expectations because we've had somebody go there before going, you should have told us there were stairs and and that's a learning curve for us. We're like, yeah, you're right, actually, we probably should have. Like, yeah. we, we wouldn't think of that because we're just young and fit. Well, you think it's obvious for a start yeah, but and then it, we're it like, might not be. We talk through the rooms, this is a better one for a bridal groom, it's bigger, this one's smaller if you want to put like one family in that side one but I, yeah, I think they're gonna. That's gonna be really good for us, conversion wise. Yeah, getting them in. Yeah, and yeah, uh, and you know, I I love that. I love that, and that's you and your element, isn't it? You know, face to face, customer to customer. Just you're gonna. You, I I can already see you. You're mint at it. So sick, happy, best of the week by sure. Probably best of the year. That to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> best of the week. Best of the week. Best of the week. Building regs and building control, grr, for me. Um, I don't think, it's not the surveyor that's a pest as such, but um, just the process really. Again, a lot of learning curves for us. Um, since come to fruition quite quickly, I recognise this, but it's still a lot of stuff's being washed out, that our architect really, really overcompensated in the designs and just went to town on, for example, maybe fireproofing certain elements and the structure in which that fire fireproofing element is is comprised of, and the building the the building control surveyor is coming out and he's saying like, why are you guys doing this? Why are you guys doing that? And I'm like, well, just to fireproof. He's like, yeah, of course you need to fireproof, but you don't need all of that. He's like, you just need this. And I was like, ah, oh, we're just doing it to draw in because that's our architect. Mm. And for me, you'd think. I'm learning about all these different roles where the architect's design, I saw a really funny schematic. It was so funny. I'll have to show it you after. It's a bit pointless saying that in a, in a podcast, but um, it's so funny. The ar- architect's job is really just to make sure, sh- just to design it, I guess. And then the planning part, just to make sure it gets 
ticked off by planning and building regs. No, at no point does anyone want to, like, check. I guess QS might be that that role where they check to see the optimized spend to make sure you're only doing enough to be safe and compliant, but not overarching, not overcompensating, which is what we're doing. So I'm noticing that all over the park, and every time the building surveyor comes out, he's like, "You guys are just doing overkill, man," and obviously costs a lot of money, a lot of time. So that's pretty annoying. But again. I'm telling you now, I only need to go through this journey once and then I can optimise the absolute yeah. hell out of it. I can't wait to release the videos of you. I took some videos <laughs> when, we were in, when we were in... Well, I can't remember that you were on the phone to them, weren't you? You were like, what? So I've only got to do this, this much and this much. And you were like, oh, Yeah, but it's, it's more the other way around because I'm saying to him, I'm, I'm putting the challenges forward. Same with my architect. The, fl the fireproof yeah. flooring and ceiling method that he put in place was like... 36 grand I said mate are you off your head so I went and did my own research found this system he's like yeah you could do that I was like well that's 8 grand yeah, so what so like yeah so I was like okay so I feel like I need to be and understand everything to therefore challenge and for me that's worked out extremely well not because I'm a knob that wants to challenge everything but because I need to make sure that yeah. everything's yes. optimised and best so I really like to get a good grip and good understanding and that's why I throw myself into these renovations myself that's why I'm there on site um to learn about process procedures so I can then challenge optimize and and reduce the costs and the time labor on certain things and that goes for all parts of our business as well mm. so I've really learned a lot but yeah it's annoying that for me I feel like these people should at least have some basic understanding and yeah, trying yeah. trying incorporate some cost saving into the into the project. But it's not so, isn't it? Because you can see how people must get their pants pulled down. Well, ex like, um, if, we if you not, didn't if know, we gone and researched it. If you didn't know exactly, thousands. You just you just end up paying budget. it. You yeah. just end up paying it. Going oh god, yeah. So it's mad, mad. But you've got good relationships now as well, which is nice to pick up the phone, have a chat. Yeah, I think they respect you a lot more when you start and to then, make yeah. sense. And then when he does come round to do his check offs, he's spoken to you about everything, hasn't he? To know. Yeah. yeah, this guy's done it right, yeah. which is also good. Definitely. So our topic of the week this week, um, so we've gone through staging and photography in our last episode, um, so now we're going to be talking about listing your property. Um, I'm excited because I can probably answer some of the questions now for my topics of the week. <laughs> yeah, now I'm starting to understand what's Let me ask on. you then. No, not all of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, go on. Oh, God, right, now so I'm going to get sacked. First one, what, pro what platforms do we list our properties on? Booking.com. Yeah. Airbnb. Yeah. Um, Openman. Yes. Direct bookings. So we've got like our website Platform, and stuff, yep, so we'll yep. take direct. There's one more. Oh, we've never had a booking on it for once. Maybe two bookings. I don't think you know. Give me a clue. Begins with a V. Oh, Vimo? Vimo. I've Somebody messaged Verbo. me about it saying, oh, I've seen you on Verbo. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you probably have. And I was like, what the <laughs> Yep, they're all the OTAs. Booking.com and Airbnb are the biggest by far, absolute market domination. However, we have extremely good direct bookings. Um, we've built up good rapport with a lot of um, fulfillment agencies and contractors. Um, and then the way we market ourselves also, we have people reach out to us um, and we close them direct there. So, yeah, fantastic. Can you do a bit of an overview? Because all the platforms are slightly different, aren't they? Is it worth doing a little bit of an overview just on Airbnb and Booking.com, how they work? Uh, there's so much to go into, though. I don't think we can go into it right now. We should probably... I think it'd be useful to do. I'm asking well, you we can. to be useful for me. Because <laughs> I'm obviously learning we all can, of this. We can do that. Like, we can oh do that. God, we'll, we'll, do, 
we'll touch on that for sure because there is a lot different. Yeah, they're very different. Just if somebody is listing it, just to know the different bits in the future, be helpful. Um. So you're gonna have to ask me that one, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I do. I think I know how you do it though. So the next one is like, so that's where you'd list your properties. That's where we list our properties and where we'd recommend. If you there are others. There, yeah, there are others. Those the ones were best for us, don't we? And we find them yeah. nice and streamlined. They all link up to Shmoopoo as well, um, which is like a centralized booking system. So how do you price your properties? Yes. Ooh, very dynamic answer, and the answer is dynamic because it's dynamic pricing. <laughs> um. So that's tough because, like you said, we target various different uh, audiences, whether it be holiday lets, um, whether it be stag and hens, whether it be contractors, and also where we are across the country, the prices vary as well. But in terms of how it works is we reverse engineer our, what we need, what we want, what we think we can obtain, and we always try and optimise and, and charge the highest price. And ultimately, we use Price Labs, which is a dynamic pricing tool, as I just touched on, which we set our own algorithms and rule sets, uh, and then it will the price will fluctuate, say on seasonality, um, supply and demand based on local competitors, which the AI algorithm kicks in and overrides itself. Which is quite cool because sometimes we'll be looking at like Rodney bookings or something, won't they? And they'll just be really high for one weekend, and we're like, what? Yes. And then it will be because of. The races, races or something. Yeah. Like the, the, it'll figure out other places in Liverpool are getting booked out quickly in bum pass. It's yeah. really clever. So that's what it does for us. But then we can also tailor like um, four-day minimums for our contractors who want to stay Monday to Friday on certain properties or maybe down in holiday, the holiday lets in St. Ives or you can put an, an upscale price on the weekends. So we see quite an aggressive swing up on the weekends in Liverpool. Um you know, you're probably looking at almost almost double the price, if I'm honest, mm. per night in Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, to be honest with you, it really varies. I would say, on average, just to throw pricing where we're at, for a lot of our contractors, we're, we aim to close on, I'd say around, especially Liverpool properties predominantly, about 3.5 grand a month, depending on the size of the property. That's our larger properties. The smaller ones are a lot less. Obviously, Rodney Street being in the centre of town with no parking, doesn't have any contractors. So we have like three-day bookings, maybe four-day bookings of people who just visit in the area. Um, and to be honest, Monday to Friday, especially now low season, they're very, very cheap. Mm. Very, very cheap. But the weekends, they're, they're, they're expensive. Yep. Um, well, not expensive. They're fairly priced for the product that we're pushing. So the answer is it, it is dynamic. It needs to be dynamic in order to obtain the most revenue possible and therefore the biggest amount of profit possible because although our product is the same um it's a supply and demand factor right so it's more in demand throughout summer and it's less in less in demand throughout winter so our prices need to reflect that accordingly and most people are using pricing strategies and dynamic tools now as well so just to remain competitive we need to do that i put my hand up so i have a question <laughs> but you can't see that i'm doing that how did you first know what to price it would you just do market research on like platforms to see what other sized buildings were going for like, yeah. how did you figure also, out your first also ultimately you, you first reverse engineer and see what you absolutely need what you want okay and then you go back to looking at comparables and seeing what they charge so you remain competitive um, and then once you get a bit of experience playing around with it ultimately at the very start if I was getting booked out straight away in advance for, yeah. a, for a lot of the future and a lot of different bookings 
I was like, right, I'm obviously priced too cheaply here. So you need to find the ceiling. So you need to find the ceiling. You keep maybe bumping it up, or if, if you've not got no, no bookings, you bring it down, and you find that middle ground where you're charging the ceiling where what people, the optimum price really, for what people are willing to pay. Um, so you're booked out the right amount, but not so you're so cheap that you might be booked out 100% of the time, but if you're booked out 100% of the time too cheaply, what good is that? Mm. You probably find yourself better off being booked out 90% of the time at, at maybe 1.5 times the rate. So you keep staggering it, you keep playing around with it until you find your optimum price. And again, it's tough because it changes and your target audience might change as well. So we've had instances where, if I'm honest, we'd take, we'd take three and a half grand a month, but because the client has reached out to us on an initial price of, well, I'm talking about this particular Liverpool one, six, 6.8, seven grand a month, we've been able to charge seven grand a month and that was for over a year. Uh, and being brutally honest, we would have happily took 3.5k a month. But as our job, we're looking to bring in and provide a service to our clients who we manage for. And we're dedicated to bringing them the optimum amount of revenue possible. So if we can squeeze and increase numbers while still delivering a, a service that they were extremely happy with, we built a fantastic report with them and they're willing to pay for that because the product in which we sold to them, they were happy for and the service as well. They were very happy and it's seamless. Um, so yeah, it changes if I'm honest. And ultimately you want to charge the optimum. Uh, but how you find out what that is, is a lot of playing around. Good answer. Thank you, thank you for answering my question, <laughs> sir. Um, the next thing we'd look at on um, listings is photos. We think that's quite an important thing. So we obviously spoke um, last time about the importance of us using a professional photographer and doing all the staging properly and why, why we think that's important. So once we get our photos back, we make sure they're all in landscape. Um, we try... It's just getting a balance, isn't it, on your listing. You don't want to put hundreds and thousands of photos on. You don't want to put too little. Um, we'll generally try to put them on in the way you would walk through the property. So their customer's got that journey of, right, I come in, my living room's on my left, my kitchen, then I've got my bathroom, my ensuite. So we'll try and do it so as they get into the pictures, they see the journey. We'll add a few little nice ones in as well, won't we, of like close-ups um, of things like glasses, cutlery, candles as well, just to give it that like nice, special, extra extra feel um a good thing to do is move your photos around and change and update them to keep the listing fresh and keep your like so they know it's your algorithms and that you're editing it so we will try and little make notes occasionally just to go in and swap things about change them up um and re-upload different things or change them around anything else i missed on photos no that's a good answer you can you you can don that can't you because you've been doing that um Maybe just our, our typically our cover photo, the front photo is a collage of four photos yeah. with our brand and in our the logo. middle. Yeah, our logo. Um, I, don't, I think just don't be an idiot, like as well. Like <laughs> looking at some of the photos, it's like it, I've I've seen that other people's with it, like the front of the property, and there's like a big van parked outside of it, or like there's a you know just just really like looking at your pictures carefully and making sure. Yeah, I think they're nice. One thing you just sparked me to say is not having professional photos is like a no-no. You, that's you out, tell, that's out of the so question. Tell. You can't put your phone photos, you can't take pics on your phone. You need them professionally done, you need them professionally edited. That is non-negotiable, guys. Please don't try and save money. Or even do what I do. I hit up a, I hit up a student on my very first one. <laughs> it was like a college student, and um, it came back, bless her. Uh, I was like, yeah, they're amazing, and they were shocking. <laughs> 
Um, so don't even try and take shortcuts. Just this is your prime opportunity to show off your product, um, and it needs to be taken with, um, you know, it needs that importance. Basically, it's important. Yeah. It's, a, it's a worthwhile <laughs> spend, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to get you more bookings. It's something. It's like marketing and advertising, isn't it? Pay it. Descriptions. So describing your property. Yeah, descriptions. Um, again, this probably relates back to something you were touching on earlier. Um, within certain OTAs and listings, there are certain parameters and how you, yeah, how you can describe your listing. Um, particularly on Booking.com, it's more of a ticks box, yeah. a lot more clunky. If you ticks boxes that you've got these items or amenities, then uh, Booking.com will generate like an automated little description itself and tell people where how far away your property is from certain things and what it's got. Um, Airbnb a lot more flexible and freedom where you can write um, your own descriptions that are broken up into spaces, I suppose. It literally says this space, where you'll sleep. Um, but that's incredibly important because you want to articulate and convey as much detailed information that you think the reader would need in, I suppose, as concise way as possible. Um, so you want to you want to get that the right information out there in the right way. Yeah. Um, and then again, you can utilize and manipulate this tool um, to manipulate your audience and your conversion rate and your bookers, I suppose. You, you, you want to use all these to... Um, really market yourself in a way that you appeal to the correct type of audience and what I mean by that is obviously if you're targeting long stays and contractors probably make that clear um, if you're targeting leisure stays and and um, holiday lets and hotel um, leisure guests then also obviously maybe make that clear and you can tell by the way your photos are structured and your description is laid yeah, out that they they match up and that's you know just Put yourself as an end user, guys, basically. Yeah. Think what you would think if you were viewing that, that property. And most people can't really stretch beyond their own imagination. And people get fooled into the um, idea that Airbnb is only being used in the way in which they would use Airbnb. I really struggled with that. I was like, well, I only use Airbnb for going and staying away from somewhere for two yeah, nights. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's using that. Yeah. And then you realise there's this whole other clientele. booming market of clientele where you're really fulfilling a demand and a need. Um, so yeah, just think about that. And keep that in mind with when it comes to your listing. <laughs> and then we were going to cover the importance of direct bookings, because um, obviously that's a massive one for us, and we have touched on it throughout. Um, but we just had a chat before we started, and honestly, like it's just massive, isn't it? There's so much scope in that area. What we'd like to do is in another podcast make that our topic of the week to really go into a bit more depth with it because I think it's really helpful to know what we're doing and how we're doing that to other people and we don't just want to spend two minutes whizzing through it yeah um, well the just to touch on it the importance of direct bookings is huge it's crucial a lot of people will literally say this will even make or break your business um, the OTAs just for people who don't know, take yeah. anywhere between 15, 18 booking.com whack their flipping commission up to like 25, 30% yeah, on nice. ours um, 30% of the revenue so they are creaming it and whilst they are offering a, a extremely fantastic service between linking hosts and guests and which they should be paid for don't get me wrong absolutely um, but the more you can I think reduce your reliance on these OTAs um, really puts you in good stead for a valuable um, and higher revenue business yeah. i suppose so the importance of direct bookings is massive it is massive and it is 
the plethora of how you obtain direct bookings is also massive, as Laura said. So it does deserve its own its own topic of the week. Its own podcast. Its own whole podcast. <laughs> Not just because of the importance of it, but because of how much goes into it as well. Yeah, so, it's really useful. Like yes. I said, it's a make or break for businesses, so we don't want to rush through Stay it. Stay tuned, because that is... That's going to be a sexy one. It's important. <laughs> it's important. I think that caps us off, really. Um, probably just a final sign-off, guys, to remind you, please, of what we said earlier. We're looking to really focus on uh, growing our management business and also um, growing our development business. So yeah. any people looking for management or looking for investment opportunities, make sure you do get in touch. Uh, we can really help out. We're offering some fantastic opportunities that you know, they, they really are, if I'm honest. They really are pretty mint opportunities. Um, so, yeah, please get in touch. And with that, thank you. First episode of 2024. Happy New Year, three weeks late. Yeah, Happy New Year. Hope you had a great Christmas, obviously. And we'll see you for episode 10. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.